Again, with apologies for my voice, this is our last show of the year, our last live show of the year, I should say, and it's our last interview of the year with our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T is the spelling. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog. Find them online, consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie has been with us doing consumer protection virtually from the start of the show. We're over eight years in. Jamie, looking forward to a robust 2018. Thanks for being part of the Norman Goldman Show for so many years. Oh, it's my honor to be on and be with you. Well, Jamie, we've got to do a year-end review now, and truth be told, this is our last interview of 2017. 2017 has not been a very good year for consumers. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has been subject to a hostile takeover by Mick Mulvaney, one of Donald Trump's uh, minions. Uh, there's been all kinds of uh, rollbacks of regulations by Donald Trump. And, Jamie, you and I have been big proponents of regulation. We believe that government regulation, especially of big, out-of-control businesses, can, can stop these businesses from harming consumers. We don't see regulation if it's done right, if it's done smartly, if it's done properly as being bad. Donald Trump has said regulation is awful all by itself. Jamie, can we defend regulations now? We can. Uh, more than defend them. I mean, in California, for instance, at the end of the year, every year, our organization totals up the savings from what is the strongest insurance regulation in America. It was, uh, you know, passed by voters in 1988. It was written, this law, Prop 103, uh, which went to the ballot uh, by our founder, Harvey Rosenfield, uh, at Consumer Watchdog. And it allows consumers, uh, first of all, it allows for an elected insurance commissioner to say no for auto, home, property, casualty insurance rate hikes that are too high. But it also allows individuals to challenge a rate hike if the insurance commissioner won't and say, rates are too high or you don't get that rate hike. And so just in this last year, just our organization, Consumer Watchdog, with our attorneys, have challenged rate hikes at State Farm and Farmers, and the total savings uh, for the rates we stopped are $193 million. That's just Consumer Watchdog saying a rate's too high, going to the insurance commissioner, having a hearing, and stopping a rate hike. $193 million for people's uh, savings for homeowners insurance and auto insurance. Wow. That's what regulation can do. And that's not even inclu including what the insurance commissioner did without us asking or without us being involved. Uh, and it doesn't include all the savings over all the years. If you total all the years, we've just challenged rate hikes. Just our organization, Consumer Watchdog, we've saved $3 billion in averted rate hikes because we said they were too high and proved it when the insurance commission, uh, insurance companies didn't want to lower rates. That's not including all the savings just by having the deterrent of that system in place. So regulation can keep companies honest. And if you're a company, an insurance company in California, you know what? You don't mind regulation because the truth is we have the most competitive auto insurance market in America. We keep having fires and we still have a competitive home insur homeowner's insurance market. So People are paying rates that actually are pretty level with what they paid literally in 1988 when Prop 103 passed. And that's not inflation adjusted for auto insurance. It's pretty level. It's about the same. And uh, the companies are prospering here. They're still making money. Um, that is what regulation can do. It can make people in markets compete fairly. It can give big consumer savings. It's not an evil thing. It's only an evil thing when government is ineffective and inefficient. And many times when we have a, an elected commissioner, for instance, in California, who's accountable to the public and wants to prove he's tough, it can save people money and it can make good companies be better companies because they're competing against other companies that know they're going to be punished if they're bad. 
And Jamie, this is a fascinating point because what your organization, Consumer Watchdog, did with Proposition 103 back in 1988 was essentially completely restructure the private auto and homeowners and property casualty market, but restructured it in a way to be very transparent. And you have fostered this incredibly competitive, very open, and, and, and the rates here are really great. And when Prop 103 passed, the reason you had Prop 103 on the ballot in 1988 with all the other four ballot initiatives was because we had an insurance crisis. Car insurance prices were out of control. They were the worst in the country. And since you have restructured the market, they are now amongst the lowest in the country and super competitive, showing that regulation can create a structured, properly functioning market. And compare that with the Republicans in Washington. They've removed all the restraints. They've taken away all the regulation because they claim that a free market means free of rules. And when it's free of rules, it becomes concentrated, oligarchic, rigged, and fixed. And we see the results in the state of California on car insurance and nationally with so many industries that are so concentrated. Jamie, maybe I'm crazy. Am I seeing it that way uh, just by myself? Right. And it's not just, uh, you know, giving the government the hammer to come down on auto and home insurance rates as we, and, and where you can save a couple hundred million dollars if you're an organization like ours that challenges those rates. It's also rules of fairness. I mean, the voters in 88 also said through this insurance reform, Prop 103, that you can't use zip code as the prime determinant of auto insurance rates, meaning your neighborhood. It shouldn't be what you're charged based on because people in the inner city were being price gouged because insurers didn't want to basically insure people of color who they thought were bad risks. So we changed the rules and said it's based on how you drive and how many miles you drive, not your neighborhood. And uh, that system is still the only system in any state in America where zip code is not the prime determinant of your auto insurance rates. So it's made it not only cheaper, more competitive, but also more equitable and fair. You don't hear anybody complaining about their auto insurance in California. And that type of uh, evening of the playing field, that type of equality, leads to a society where people can be more free. You know, you need your car, despite our concerns about uh, the climate change and the petroleum economy. In, in LA, until we do better with mass transit, you need your car to have economic mobility. You need to have, have, your, you need to have car insurance if you want to get a job. So it opened up all sorts of possibilities for a society here in California that, you know, I love living here, but I think, you know, by all objective views, is much more integrated, much more uh, socially and economically um, uh, mobile for people uh, than, than most other societies where they have more rigid uh, systems and less regulation. We're talking to our friend Jamie Court, recapping 2017 with our friend Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T. Find him at consumerwatchdog.org, where Jamie Court is the president. And Jamie, it's been a rough year for consumers generally. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has been blown up, essentially. Uh, a lot of regulations have been removed. And now we see the push for driverless cars. Consumer Watchdog has been uh, dogged and tireless in leading the fight to try and slow this down so that we can get more safety built in and more money. Monitoring. Jamie, what has 2017, in Broad's perspective, brought us on the driverless car front? Well, it's, it's brought us through the Trump administration a rush to put these cars on the road when they're not really ready. All car makers have to do is basically send a note to the government saying they're ready, and here's why we think so, and they can deploy robot cars without people being able to take over. Now, car makers have reasons not to do that until they're ready because they still can be sued. <laughs> uh, when things go wrong, uh, for the for the time being anyway, 
But there is a rush to get these cars on the road without the infrastructure, without the uh, safety and privacy protections that we've been advocating for. And Trump accelerated that. And there's a Senate and a House bill uh, pending in Congress that will accelerate it as well. And uh, we don't even have a head of NHTSA, the National uh, Traffic Highway Safety Administration, yet, because Trump doesn't think that's a priority. But it is a priority to get these autonomous vehicles on the road. And I'll tell you two things about that system. One is um, Trump had promised all these jobs uh, he was going to create and protect. Well, the minute you allow autonomous trucks, the minute you allow autonomous cars uh, to become a reality without planning for them, not only is safety and privacy going out the window, but I'm telling you, we are going to have tens of millions of jobs lost without a plan to replace those jobs, and that will be on his hands. The second thing that I think is maybe a little good news is we were able with the California Department of Motor Vehicles years ago to put in a system where um, we now know, and every year, and it's just coming up in January, uh, from the testing of robot cars in California, what the deficiencies are, because the car makers have to tell the state, and thanks to uh, uh, some advocacy here, we made those records public, and the DMV agreed every year they would make the, these, these records of why the robot cars fail in their testing public. So in January, we will know the state of robot cars will publicize the results and will show that the technology still has a long way to go, I imagine, even though it is coming a long way. Department of Motor Vehicles in California also just made a change to some regulations we have here, which I think was a very smart one. General Motors had proposed to the regulations, and the DMV had adopted General Motors' recommendation that if you own a robot car and you don't maintain that car per the owner's manual, meaning you don't inflate the tires enough, you don't do anything right, then you are responsible when that robot car crashes and kills someone, not the car maker. General Motors wanted that change. The DMV put that in the regulation, but after we exposed that it came from General Motors and uh, after uh, the resulting press, the Department of Motor Vehicles backed off and said, no, no, car makers are responsible for crashes regardless of whether or not you put air in the tire or, or, or follow the operations manual because who does that? So it's a battle every day to make sure that we have the rules of the law and the rules of the road that we have today in order to make sure the robot cars and the car makers play by those rules. Um, and I'm fearful that with the Trump administration, there's going to be even more weakening when you have uh, the automakers uh, really in the inner circle with the, with the president. Well, Jamie, despite the grim news on so many fronts on consumer protection, uh, Consumer Watchdog did, in fact, get a really big victory on a super important issue this year, which is the online sex trafficking of minors. I mean, this is such an important issue. Back page, of course, uh, the, the name often associated with this. But, Jamie, we're recapping 2017. That's a that's a really enormous victory. I mean, let's celebrate it. What was it about? Well, you know, there is this shield of immunity that Facebook and Google and uh, all the online platforms have had ever since they were started, which says if they host third-party content, they're never responsible for it. So uh, when they take money for the Russians for ads for elections, Facebook's not responsible legally for the damage because they didn't create the ad. Well, there's a bunch of families that got together uh, after their children, when I say children, their teenagers, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids, were sex trafficked online on an online platform called Backpage. And the U.S. Senate did a great report that said, they look, that, that this is a, an online platform that takes ads for underage uh, sex trafficking, and it's basically an online brothel for, for teenagers, and it should stop. 
And Backpage uh, resisted even showing up in the Senate, but there was a movie made called I Am Jane Doe out of this, a documentary that people should listen to and watch on Netflix or iTunes right now, and you can see the whole story. Bottom line is the story of these families so moved, a bipartisan uh, group of senators that uh, we've got 40 senators co-sponsoring legislation to create um, online liability for platforms when they engage in underage sex trafficking. Now, that sounds like a small step, but I think it's going to get through to the president. I think the president is probably going to sign that bill, although Google and Facebook are fighting it, and they're fighting it because they don't want any chink in that liability shield because they know if today they're responsible for underage sex trafficking on their platform tomorrow they're going to be responsible when the russians throw the election and that is exactly where we need to move these are the biggest corporations in america and they have absolutely no accountability to any of us when they take ad money or when they deal with you know in backpages case they dealt with basically pimps uh... who uh... they gave suggested language to to evade the law mm. to sell kids online mm. that is not internet freedom that mm. is prostitution of underage children, that is sex tra trafficking, and of underage kids, and that should be punishable, and you should be accountable to the families in a civil case. The legislation that's moving through the Senate says you are. And so I, I think we're going to have a, a chink in that uh, sort of shield that has protected these large platforms from policing themselves, and I think even the fact that the legislation's moving is making them police themselves better. Well, Jamie, no victory comes easy, and certainly e even something where, where all the angels are on the right side, even then when you're up against some powerful forces, it can be very difficult to get something good done. And Jamie Court, you know better than most how difficult it can be to get good things done through the legislative process, but Jamie, thanks so much for recapping 2017 with us, and for heaven's sakes, thanks for being with us every week, virtually every week in 2017 and the years before. And of course, 2018 stretches before us. Looks to be another grim year on the consumer protect protection front. But Jamie, we just keep fighting. Find our friend Jamie Court, the president of Consumer Watchdog at consumerwatchdog.org. Apologies for my voice. Jamie, thank you for your voice, and we'll see you again next year. Thank you, and thank you for your fierce independence, Norm. I, I really value it. Happy New Year.